An officer shot a search underway for suspects. A developing and dangerous situation playing out right now in Haldeman County. Good evening. We begin with breaking news. This emergency started with reports of a stolen vehicle. When police arrived, one officer was shot. CTV's Beth McDonnell is live near Hagersville with the very latest on this. Beth, a lot of concern there. What's happening? A lot of concern, yes, Nathan. And Hagersville is located south east of Brantford. I'm just standing by a country road that has been blocked by police. And this is a very dynamic scene. Just one moment ago, a police car just whizzed by here. And what I can tell you is that this situation started around 2.40 this afternoon. What happened was police, OPP, got a call about a vehicle in the ditch. When they arrived, they say their officers were met with gunfire and one officer was shot. At this time, they say that there is a man and a woman that fled the scene. So that's what's happening right now. The search is underway for these suspects. And what we've been seeing in the area is a lot of police presence. By farmers' fields, there's been police on the side of the road, uh, officers, um, tactical officers as well looking for them. We've also uh, seen a chopper in the air as well. So this search is very much still active. As for the officer who was shot, what I can tell you is that he, sorry, the officer was taken to a local hospital and we're told that this officer has serious life-threatening injuries and so this is a very serious situation for the officer who was hurt and also the search underway this is a small community and i can tell you that officers have gathered and they were observed comforting one another outside that hospital so a lot of thoughts and prayers tonight for that officer meanwhile the search is underway here's the latest from police on tuesday december 27th today's date just at around 2:40 this afternoon a Haldeman County OPP officer responded to a vehicle in a ditch at Indian Line and Concession 14 in Walpole. Upon arrival, it's had to say that the officer was shot and was transported to a local hospital with life-threatening injuries. A male and female were seen fleeing from the scene, and if anyone has any information surrounding this particular investigation, you're being urged to contact the Haldeman County OPP at one 310 Should you wish to be anonymous, you can contact Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477 to be eligible for a cash reward. Further details will follow once new information becomes available. If anyone has any information surrounding this particular incident, they're being urged to pick up that phone and give us a call. A short time ago, an emergency alert went out on our phones, and I was able to connect with the OPP that told me that it is connected to this investigation, and they're asking people in the area to shelter in place, which means for people to stay in their homes. They're asking people to call police if they see anyone that they don't recognize or anything suspicious in their backyard, for example. We're going to have more updates about this situation over the hour. Nathan. Back to you. All right. Thank you, Beth. And our online team is also tracking this story as it develops. You can find that coverage at ctvnewstoronto.ca. Next to the backlog of baggage at Pearson, a scene many air travelers hoped we'd left behind in the summer. Some of this luggage sitting in the terminal for several days. And talk about the last thing anybody wants to see returning from their vacation. The airport and the airlines vowing to clear the conveyor belt of chaos. CTV's Siobhan Morris reports. The Benham family trying to pass the time until they can come up with a solution to a crummy hand. We're supposed to be on a cruise tonight, 
and our flight is delayed till tomorrow morning. So we'd miss our cruise, and there's no way we could catch our cruise at any of the ports. No way to make good on a trip their party of 15 has been planning for over a year. We've been delayed from yesterday to today. We just got a notice we're delayed another half hour. After scores of flights pushed by a pre-Christmas storm, some self-service kiosks are offline. Just playing it by here and hoping that it will all fall into place and we will get there with our bags arriving on time. Some luggage checked before Christmas for sunny destinations has been stuck in Toronto after a weekend equipment breakdown. Fear about delayed bags is making some travelers repack on the terminal floor. I'll just make sure something, I, when I arrive, I can have something for summer. Sometimes it means an entire strategy change. We weren't going to bring carry-ons, but now we're going to bring carry-ons just in case their luggage doesn't make the flight. Trying to cram essentials into some tiny spaces. Swimsuit and a shirt and what I got on. That's all I need, that and a beer. The airport's authority says it's moved in people from other departments to help get these bags to people already on the beach. But I think it's still going to be a few days. And, and a lot of that will have to do with the airline's capacity. Uh, their staffing levels we know have been impacted. A repeat of some summertime travel trends, but on a bigger scale. Even the worst days in the summer when we saw backlogs and luggage being kept at the terminal, they are a minimum compared to what we're seeing over these last couple days. Firestone says travelers should save all their receipts, document every delay. Hopefully the airlines will solve your problems. Hopefully if you bought insurance, it will solve. Hopefully if it's on your credit card, you'll get covered. The worst case scenario is a trip to small claims court. Siobhan Morris, CTV News. Meanwhile, hundreds of Canadians are still stranded in Cancun days after a winter storm canceled flights across North America. But as CTV's John Woodward reports, passengers who book with Sunwing seem particularly affected as the company struggles to get its customers home. This is just people just waiting. Among hundreds of Canadians waiting at the Cancun airport, John Kreiner and family. It's, it's tough. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. His flight back to Thunder Bay cancelled twice as the shock of winter weather from days ago is still cascading through Sunwing operations, stranding Canadians like him in Mexico. So I was at the hotel last night with my family. Uh, we have a family of four. The manager told us we had to leave or pay $1,500 Canadian. Uh, to stay just for one night at our resort, so we just left. One major complaint, no communication or messages that don't match the reality at the airport. Now it has a snowball effect and a do or a domino effect, you could say. CTV aviation specialist Phil Dirty said Sunwing has been particularly affected because it's a smaller airline. Sunwing does not fly every day to that destination, so the people get pushed off for a couple of days, but those other aircraft are already full going, going out and coming back. So the problem is there's not enough seats to go around, so they're going to have to start chartering aircraft. Sunwing ignored our questions. The company tweeted Tuesday, we have completed two recovery flights so far this week, planned another eight recovery flights, which are scheduled to depart up to and including December 30th, and are currently finalizing recovery plans for our remaining passengers in destination. At Pearson International Airport, Sunwing passengers were dealing with the double whammy of cancelled flights and lost bags thanks to a baggage belt breakdown. At the gate, few minutes before boarding, they decided that they cancelled the flight. Our luggages, they have our luggages. We're all at the gate, we all got our bags checked, we're in everything. No plane there tells us it's cancelled. 
That's Aiden Hagshi waiting for his bags Monday night. Today, we caught up with him at a gas station on the I-95 in Tennessee. Rather than wait for Sunwing, he and his family are driving 23 hours to Miami. A lot of people had their trips ruined. Luckily, we had the luxury of just be able to hop in the car come down here and still be able to get the most out of it. His bags can wait, but the cruise ship departing from Miami won't wait for him. John Woodward, CTV News. Now to the cleanup from that massive blast of winter that barreled through southern Ontario right in time for Christmas. CTV's Raheem Ladani is live with more. Raheem. Well, Nathan, snow squalls and high winds began hitting the province back on Thursday night, but thousands of people remain without power this hour, and residents are starting to see the damage done to their property. They were trying to do the right thing by keeping the windshield wipers up, and there's a foot of, that's a foot of ice. No, these are not ice sculptures along the shore of Lake Erie. They're actually vehicles and residential homes completely covered in ice, caused by the splash of waves from the weekend storm. The water just comes up and, and comes right over the top of the houses that are along the water, and we're talking about two-story houses. They were coming up over the break wall. They were probably... Uh, 10, 15 feet high up above the break wall. So uh, it was it was incredible. The lake facing side of the houses are covered in thick ice after intense winds and frigid temperatures battered Crystal Beach. When we walked in, it was a disaster inside. We have eight inches of water in our basement. The full extent of the damage won't be known until the ice melts. But for now, many people are focused on just trying to get the lights back on. We still have no power where we live. Power outages continue across Ontario, with Hydro One reporting more than 6,000 people remain in the dark, road closures delaying crews in some parts of the province. Up north, Bracebridge was one of the hardest hit areas in the Muskoka region. Piles of snow so high, you can only see the beige toque of a pedestrian walking by. The snowbanks are huge, been snowed in for the last couple days. This is the amount of snow I don't see in like a good winter in Switzerland. Even the town's mayor in awe of how much snow has fallen. I would say there's probably at least three feet, that's just my guesstimation. And in Aurelia, there was so much snow, city snowplows even had to be pulled off the roads at one point on Sunday. Pretty bad, <laughs> and nobody could get out, get in until the plows come and plowed us out. To give you a better sense of how challenging it is to restore power in certain areas, some crews have been using snowmobiles and snowshoes to gain access. The utility says it hopes to have power restored to most customers by the end of the day. Reporting live, I'm Raheem Ladani. I'll send it back in studio. All right. Thank you, Raheem. The weather is still the story in many parts of this province, Michelle. You've got to look at the current conditions also. Well, yes, Nathan. You know, today hasn't been a bad day in the GTA at all. A little bit chilly with the wind chill making it feel like minus 10 at times. As we head into the overnight, though, a change. We are still dealing with heavier snow to the north, and there is a winter weather travel advisory I'll tell you about coming up for some areas that have already been hard hit. Right now, temperatures are uh, on the chillier side, but I would definitely say that they're where we should be at this time of the year as we head into the overnight. They're actually warming up a bit in the GTA. Winds out of the southwest at 11 kilometers an hour, giving us that wind chill of minus 2 when it's minus Two, minus 8 when it's feeling minus 2 at the islands, minus 3 feeling like minus 8 at Pearson. Some flurries tonight, some potential freezing drizzle early in the morning. It's going to go to minus 2, feeling like minus 9 tomorrow. Temperatures on the plus side, so we'll talk more about that coming up, Nathan. All right, thank you, Michelle.
Well, Via Rail is playing catch-up tonight after days of canceled trains. Passengers left stranded at stations and, in some cases, on trains for hours as that brutal storm barreled down. CTV's Allison Hurst has been tracking travel on the rails and joins us live from Union Station. Allison, you've been speaking with travelers. Yes, and Nathan, we've heard from a lot of tired travelers, some who are actually stuck on trains throughout the weekend during that storm, saying that it, communication from VIA was terrible. Then today, facing more delays, but saying at least they were hearing updates from the rail lines. VIA trains and passengers are rolling through Union Station. But delays persist. They tell me nothing. I'm not getting any email alerts. Frustrating for Laura Grialis after barely making it from London on Christmas Eve, saying her train was delayed because of the storm. Then we finally got on the train and then we just sat there. And I, all in all, I was six hours late. Aggressive winds and snow pummeled Ontario starting Friday when Stephen Parley was traveling to Toronto from Montreal. The train kept stopping because the snow and the wind was blowing so blindly you couldn't see. They couldn't see the signal, so they kept having to stop. And what was a seven-hour trip turned into a 17-hour trip. So that was pretty horrendous. And damaging winds kept blowing right through the holiday weekend. Everything that has possibly could have gone wrong on this trip has gone wrong on this trip. South of the border was also hit hard. Michelle Albrecht and her son ended up stuck in Chicago on their way home to Sarnia. We showed up at the station on Christmas Day. Like, nothing was open, right? Nothing in the food court. And then that train was pushed back about another nine hours. They spent Christmas Day in the station lounge. We did have like a lounge that we kept getting unlimited Cheez-Its and stuff from. So just like snacks because the restaurants weren't open because of the holidays. And their trip isn't over. All in all, they've been traveling since December 22nd. And today they're on their way to Kingston to see family. I'm looking forward to that, but that's... It's just, it's hard, it's hard to look forward to like a lot right now because it's very tired. It's really, really tired. Via rail staff warned passengers of potential delays due to congestion. Today, they worked with a modified schedule, combining 28 trains into 14 departures. And anyone who cancelled their trips today can get a full refund online. And anyone whose trips were cancelled between December 24th and the 26th will also be automatically reimbursed. Reporting live, I'm Allison Hurst. Nathan, back to you. All right. Thank you, Allison. And we're tracking every angle of the issues facing travellers this week. Our online team has live coverage at ctvnewstoronto.ca. In western New York, seven more storm-related deaths were recorded today, bringing the total to 28. Rescue efforts continue as a driving ban remains in effect in Buffalo, and the National Guard has been called in. CTV's Vanessa Lee reports. With the storm now passed, emergency crews are focusing on calls for help, checking homes and vehicles for anyone still stranded. For Wanda Brown Steele's daughter, Andell, it is too late. She got trapped in her car on the way home from work. It's so easy to ask yourself, why God? Why? Across Buffalo, most streets are still impassable. A driving ban is in place so crews can clear the snow. Authorities are urging people to stay off the roads. 100 military police are being brought in, as well as additional troops from the New York State Police uh, uh, department 
are coming in to manage traffic control because it has become so evident that too many people are ignoring the ban. During the height of the storm, when even the rescuers needed to be rescued, neighbors stepped in. I'm coming. Shakira Autry took in this 64-year-old man after hearing his cries for help outside her home. I found him screaming for help. When I looked out the window, he was getting blowed up and down the street. It was out of control. Even in an area known for heavy snow, it's being called the blizzard of the century. The deep freeze that blanketed most of the U.S. has created a travel nightmare. For days, there have been widespread cancellations and delays. It's just been frustrating because I have, I'm a single parent. I have to get home. My children are there waiting for me. I'm supposed to be at work today. Much of that anger and frustration is now being directed at Southwest Airlines. It has called off more than 60% of its flights today and plans to fly only a third of its schedule for the next few days. The U.S. Department of Transportation is calling Southwest's rate of cancellations disproportionate and unacceptable and is examining whether it was controllable. Vanessa Lee, CTV News, Washington. Well, let's return to our top story. An OPP officer shot in Alt Haldeman County this afternoon. CB24's Lindsay Biscay is live with the latest. Lindsay. Uh, yeah, I mean, details are unfolding minute by minute here in Hagersville, Nathan, uh, with, you know, police uh, out searching right now after a series of events happened today. Hagersville, by the way, just south of Brantford, which is uh, the area we're in now. I'm joined with by Constable Ed Sanchuk. Uh, thank you for joining me. I guess, first off, tell me what you know so far and what happened today. I believe it started around 2.40 p.m. Yeah, just shortly before 3 o'clock this afternoon, a member of the Haldeman County OPP attachment responded to a call for a vehicle in a ditch. Upon arrival, the officer, that officer was shot uh, by individuals in that vehicle. Uh, that officer was subsequently taken to a local area hospital treated for serious life-threatening injuries. I'm hoping to get a, uh, an update on, on the uh, injuries of that officer here shortly for the next 30 to 40 minutes, and I can provide that to you. Uh, the male and female in that vehicle fled from the area, and there is a shelter in place. We're asking anyone that may be living in that area of Indian Line in Concession 14 of Walpole uh, to please report any suspicious activity. If they see something suspicious, give us a call. You will see a large increase uh, in police presence. Uh, we have our OPP Aviation Services, our K-9 unit, our K-9 services, along with uh, members of our emergency response team and officers on ground right now. So it's just if anyone has any information, they're being urged to give the OPP a call at one 1122 should there remain honest and contact Crime Stoppers and be eligible for a cash reward. Now, I understand, and I know you said that you do not have this confirmed yet, but other reports are confirming that the officer has succumbed uh, to his injuries, but you can't confirm that, so you said you will you will give an update soon. I will definitely provide an update to you shortly. I'm just aware that the officer suffered seriously threatening injuries. No one has told me that this officer is deceased, um, so if I do have that information and once it becomes available to me, I'll definitely update you accordingly, yes. And uh, the suspects, one, um, a male and a female. The male uh, has been named as Randall McKenzie. Uh, do you, is there any, were these two known to police beforehand? Do you have any information on them? So I don't. As the investigation unfolds, we'll follow the evidence and take it to where it leads us as, uh, as the investigation is fluid and it currently unfolds. But uh, I know there's a shelter in place. There's been some photos released. So we're asking anyone with information that may the, know the, the whereabouts of these two individuals to please contact us immediately. Do not approach. Please contact 911. Constable, thank you for your time. You. I appreciate it. Uh, so there you go, Nathan. I can tell you, you know, as we've been driving around this area, there there is a lot of police here, a lot of police cruisers moving back and forth on Indian Road. Uh, we saw a chopper up ahead. 
scanning an area. There's a certain farm field near Indian Road at Ojibwe Drive where police seem to be isolating that area, searching for those suspects. So again, uh, residents and, and the general public being urged to shelter in place uh, while police search for these two suspects who are believed to be armed and dangerous. I'll send it back to you. Right, CB24's Lindsay Biscay in New Hagersville. Thank you. Well, some other news now. Canadian Blood Services is appealing for donations after disruptions caused by the recent blast of winter weather. The organization says about 1,500 blood and plasma donations did not happen, and that's about 10% of what was expected. There's a severe shortfall, and the situation may get worse through the winter, with donors unable to get to their appointments because of the poor weather. There's a critical need for platelets and for patients undergoing cancer treatments and O-negative blood for newborns and emergencies. Meanwhile, new studies suggesting cases of strokes are on the rise in this country. As CTV's Nicole DiDonato reports, experts say the findings highlight the need for better prevention, care, treatment, and recovery. New research has found one stroke happens roughly every five minutes in Canada. Definitely a large burden for our healthcare system to be dealing with. The study by the Heart and Stroke Foundation and University of Calgary looked at how many people with a stroke visited hospitals or emergency departments across the country in 2017 to 2018. The result, over 108,000. The lead author says this information can help experts plan ahead. Preparing our emergency systems for stroke and Definitely preparing our rehab systems uh, for those stroke survivors is something that's really important to consider going forward. People who are older are at higher risk of getting a stroke, and as more of the population ages, that number will grow. But experts say stroke can happen at any age, and more younger people are having them, so prevention is key. The main risk factor for stroke is high blood pressure. So I guess the commonest thing we find is people don't even know they were high. They, they didn't even know they had high blood pressure. So, you know, make sure you get it checked. Dad, are you okay? You're slurring. Why are you slurring? Dr. Michael Hill encourages people to familiarize themselves with FAST, an acronym used to identify the signs of stroke. It stands for face, arms, speech, and time. If a person's face is drooping, if they can't raise both arms, and if their speech is slurred or jumbled, it's time to call 911. You gotta act quickly, because if you can get your colleague or your spouse or your mother to us fast at the hospital, we can help them. While strokes are happening more often, more people are also surviving. According to Heart and Stroke, the number of Canadians living with stroke has gone up to 878,000. But about half of them need some help with daily activities like eating, bathing and getting dressed. So now we have to make sure the rest of the system is there and has all the right resources to help people continue their journey after that immediate hospitalization piece to have the best recovery, get the rehabilitation they need. Harden Stroke says it will continue to look at the latest hospital data to improve care. Nicole Donato, CTV News, Calgary. Japan is going to require a negative COVID-19 test for all visitors arriving from China. Those who test positive will be quarantined for seven days at designated facilities. The government hopes to introduce the mandatory testing as early as this week. The move follows a dramatic surge in cases in China after its zero-COVID policy was largely abandoned. Last week, India mandated tests for travelers from China, Japan, Hong Kong, South Korea, and Thailand. It's also randomly testing 2% of international air passengers. Well, Russia is banning the export of its oil to Canada and several other countries. The supply of crude oil will be cut off for five months starting February 1st. 
The move affects nations that imposed a price cap on Russian oil. That includes members of the G7, the European Union, and Australia. They agreed this month to a $60 per barrel cap because of Moscow's war on Ukraine. The Kremlin is also halting supplies of oil products, but a date for that has not yet been determined. Russia is the world's second largest oil exporter after Saudi Arabia. The co-leader of a plot to kidnap Michigan's governor was sentenced to 16 years in prison today. We're going to continue to spare no expense to make sure we disrupt plots like these and bring those responsible and hold them accountable to the law. Adam Fox was convicted four months ago of conspiring to abduct Gretchen Whitmer and blow up a bridge to help in an escape. He and fellow leader Barry Croft Jr. were accused of trying to whip up anti-government extremists just before the 2020 presidential election. But FBI agents broke things up in the fall. Croft will be sentenced tomorrow. And back here at home, as snow clearing crews work to clean up the mess on the roads left by the winter storm, they're using a lot of salt. Despite its place as an important tool to keep streets clear, some parts of Ontario are hoping people will limit its use in the name of the environment. CTV's Krista Sharp explains. The region of Waterloo is asking everyone to reduce their salt use this winter. We're seeing increasing in all of our drinking water supply wells, and we uh, estimate that in general 50% is coming from roads and 50% is coming from parking lots. Excessive salt use over the years has proven dangerous, especially to local aquatic life. If it gets saltier, it's difficult for them to, you know, survive. One of the most sensitive species to road salt is freshwater mussels. Yeah. Grand River is a really important home for various freshwater mussel species. So we're concerned about the exposure of our rivers to salt. This diagram shows the multiple ways salt use impacts daily life. Our drinking water could start to taste salty. Rust could build up on vehicles and wheelchairs. And little pet paws could end up irritated. The region of Waterloo says it is doing its part to reduce use. Roads, people have a standard that they can apply the salt to, so they, they, they measure the, how much is going on relative to the standard. The private contractors have no standards. Now they're hoping private contractors, businesses and homeowners will step up too. Though they know it's the risk of slip and fall liabilities that are often behind excessive use. To prevent a slip and fall, they over-apply the salt, even though they know they don't need to necessarily apply that, but they're balancing what they apply relative to the risk of losing their, their insurance. To learn more about how to find a balance between over- and under-salting or what alternatives there are to high-concentrated rock salt, visit the Living Here tab under the Region of Waterloo's website. Krista Sharp, CTV News, Kitchener. Waking up and smelling the coffee, the budding barista proving you're never too junior to nail that jolt of java. Our temperatures are going up, minus two tonight. It's still going to feel like minus eight, minus nine, but getting into the day tomorrow, we see some clearing at times and a high of plus five. We haven't been on the plus side for a while and we're going to stay there for days. In fact, we're looking at more rain than snow in the forecast. I'll tell you more about that coming up. All right, to the forecast, you know, in Toronto, we got through it, but many people still getting through that blast of winter weather. But 
a warm-up is coming. An absolute warm-up <laughs> is on the way. In fact, I said earlier today that when we look at the difference between Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, it's going to be quite a difference. It's going to feel like two different seasons almost. So that's a little bit of a tease Good. of what's on the way. So we'll talk about that. There is still a fair bit of snow in some areas north of the city to talk about tonight. We have some winter weather travel advisories in effect, so I will break those down for you. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. So temperature-wise, we're sitting at minus 3 now in the city of Toronto, feeling like minus 7 with the wind chill. Winds have been pretty gusty at times out of now the south-southwest. And that's a little bit of a nugget of information that's part of the picture in our warm-up, that direction of winds out of the southwest, ushering in a bit of a warmer, relatively speaking, air mass. So this is the warmest we've been all day. We should bump up a degree as we get later in the evening, and therefore we are sort of warming up as we head into the overnight. As you can see, have a bit of snowfall here across the upper Great Lakes, and that is why we now have this winter weather travel advisory in effect. That's going to start to shift a little bit further into the east, extending right on over towards the Ottawa Valley. And that's why we have this winter weather travel advisory of 5 to 10 centimeters. So some of these areas have already seen a lot, specifically in the Muskoka region where we got intense snowfall uh, over the weekend with that event uh, close to Christmas. So a little bit more on the way. So do bear that in mind. And if you're out traveling on the roads early in the morning in the GTA, we're not really looking at snow here because we're warming up, but we could have a brief period of freezing rain and or flurries. So be aware of that. But big uh, warm front to the north of us helping to usher in this warmer air mass. So there we go. Pausing around 5.30 in the morning, you can see that snowfall continuing through the north and to the east of us. Starting to clear out as we get into tomorrow. And by the time we get late in the day tomorrow, we should see a fair bit of sunshine. However, it's relatively short-lived because as we get into the evening, we start to see the cloud cover build back in for Thursday. However, continuing to warm up progressively as we get into the next little while. So tonight, again, minus 2, feeling like minus 9. Chance of flurries and or freezing drizzle early in the morning, then that clearing. Tomorrow looking like this, 5 degrees as our high, minus 1 uh, with the wind chill at times, but still quite warm and even warmer for Thursday. So we have that cloud cover for Thursday, but up to 8 degrees, then 6 Overnight into Friday, the rain should start overnight Thursday into Friday, then up to 10 for Friday, and then for New Year's Eve, Saturday, a high of 8 degrees, 5 degrees for Sunday. So if you have any outdoor plans, it could be soggier. However, it's going to be on the milder side. Back to you. All right. Good to know. Thanks, Michelle. With a break in the weather, we headed out and caught up with Torontonians to find out what they've been up to during this holiday season. Multimedia journalist Pat Dara has more. We're at McCowan District Park today. They have an outdoor skating path and a shinny rink. The highlight has definitely been, uh, well, Christmas Day we got together with everyone, and Christmas Eve we had a big family shinny game. We can just go here for free. Playing shinny and eating food with our family. Well, my brother here was here to came to play hockey, and I'm here to skate around and practice my figure skating tricks. I haven't been working on it this, this year a lot, so I'm just working on my drags and spirals. We got the chairs and everything prepared. We got tea and everything, so yeah, it's good. My friends will be leaving today to go to London, and I really thought we could hang out before they leave. So a lot of my like a lot of them know how to skate 
So we thought we could come here to the skating rink to go for a little run. Finally, I got to host this year, so everybody came down to my house, and it was really exciting. We got all of our friends out here, all my family, my nephews, my nieces, all came to my house this year. Um, it's been a couple of years. What has it been? Two, three years since we've seen everybody and been, really being able to uh, get together. So that's been nice. And with rain in the forecast, it's a good idea to get out and enjoy the great outdoors before the weather turns. On air, online, on every platform. Escape tragedy by mere moments. CTV News Toronto. A story you'll only see here. Winner of the Canadian Screen Award for Best Local Newscast. We have developing details. Watch weeknights at 6. When you think about 2022, you can't help but think of space. Everything from new images capturing what's happening light years away to trying to change the course of an asteroid. CTV science and technology specialist Dan Riskin joins us now for a recap of the top science stories of 2022. Hey, Dan, let's start with science and space first. Yeah, absolutely. What a year it's been, but you're right. Space is where it sort of begins and ends. Uh, so much got accomplished. Not to, let's start with the James Webb Space Telescope. By a lot of measures, that may be the greatest legacy of 2022. This giant space telescope uh, that traveled 1.5 million kilometers away from Earth, set up shop, and in July of this year, started sending back these glorious images showing us our universe in a way that uh, we've just never seen it before. And it's really, I mean, billions of dollars and decades of work working perfectly. We had all our eggs in one basket and it worked and it's really glorious. Uh, space also was uh, on our minds when uh, an asteroid was redirected by the NASA DART mission. That was a very, very exciting piece of technology. Basically, we've been sitting ducks ever since the uh, dinosaurs got wiped out by an asteroid. We've been sort of crossing our fingers that that doesn't happen to us. Now, for the first time, we have tested a method that could redirect an asteroid that was heading for us. So theoretically, if uh, the universe tries to do to us what it did to the dinosaurs, we have at least one tool in our arsenal to try to protect ourselves. And then, of course, you know, when you're talking about space in 2020, 2022, there's also the Artemis mission, right? So we didn't get to go to the moon yet, but... Uh, Artemis 1 did the trip, made sure it was going to work so that it sort of paved the path for humans, including a Canadian, to go up and orbit the moon for Artemis 2. So like any great science story, it's exciting in the present, but it makes you even more excited about the future. Yeah, big year for space. Also on the list, artificial intelligence. There was a lot happening with AI. There was indeed. So we learned how to fold proteins in a way that uh, we took a lot of computational power before and a lot of human power. Uh, thanks to artificial intelligence, we now have an idea of how all these different proteins across the living world work, and that's going to have huge implications for medicine. Um, but we also started interacting with artificial intelligence in ways that we hadn't before. We've got images that have been made by artificial intelligence, even winning art contests uh, against humans that are entering the same contest, which has a lot of people pretty worked up. And, of course, we have things like ChatGPT, which is a new technology that allows you to interact with uh, it, by chatting with artificial intelligence, and it gives you some surprisingly intelligent responses. Yeah, pretty amazing. You know, I tried an AI chat bot to see what it would suggest for questions when talking to you, and surprisingly, some of the questions just might work. I also asked the AI chat bot what the top science stories are, and just so you know, it couldn't answer, so we're glad you came up with a list. Really? So, yeah, this is what's interesting about So ChatGPT is this piece of software that a lot of people are playing around with right now. And it's, it's neat because it sort of guesses what answer it should give you, but it doesn't really 
know how to look things up. And so, for example, if I ask it something like, how do birds fly? It'll give me a really nice answer that's probably mostly correct. But if I say, how do birds fly? Please give me some citations. It'll just make citations up. It, it will just make up scientific papers that don't exist. And and so it's it's a funny piece of technology that it looks very, very smart. But like a lot of people who think they're really smart, uh, sometimes that, uh, that impression doesn't go as deep as you'd like. Yeah, very true. Next, a story about brain cells playing Pong stood out. Tell us about that. This I love. So you've got brain cells in a dish that are connecting to each other by their neurons, you know, the way neurons and dendrites and axons all connect to each other. And they start sending messages to each other, but it's all in a dish and it's all in a lab and that's fine. But then researchers connect it to a video game and all of a sudden those brain cells are like, ooh, I want to win. And they start playing Pong in a way that is better than random. So they're not great. I think that you and I could probably both beat it at Pong, but it's better than random. And it just shows that just by putting a bunch of neurons together, you can start to get things that look like behavior. And some of the researchers working on this project actually use the word sentience. They argued that what they'd created in a dish uh, had preferences and didn't like to lose, and that made it sentient. Wow. E-bikes were big in science news as well. Yeah, e-bikes, uh, e-scooters, really transforming cities. And there was a really great standout study that showed uh, for the city of Atlanta uh, that when uh, a new bill was passed that's, that prevented the use of e-bikes and e-scooters in the city core uh, at certain times, all of a sudden traffic got much worse. And so we're not seeing it. And sometimes when you're in your car and one of these things goes zipping past you, you might even be annoyed by it. But those e-bikes and those e-scooters are taking pressure off our roads. They're making commute times in Ubers, where it's really easy to measure commute times. Uh, Uber travel time is down when those e-scooters are running. And when you take those e-scooters off the road, it takes longer to get where you want to go by car. So they are transforming our cities right under our noses. Wow. And finally, people are still talking about the news about fusion that broke recently. Yeah, absolutely. So nuclear fusion, uh, the first time ever, we've been trying to do this since the 30s. This is, you know, taking a hydrogen and hydrogen, smushing them together to make a helium. That should give you energy. And it does give you energy. But usually the amount of energy you get out isn't quite as much energy as you had to put in to get that thing to happen because it requires a very high temperature or lots of pressure or both. Uh, but for the first time in 2022, uh, scientists were able to shoot a laser at some hydrogen, get helium out of it, and they got more energy out than the amount of energy that they shot in with their laser. And so this is this is a breakthrough in a big way because uh, that type of power generation offers a promise of a future with no nuclear waste and no carbon emissions and as much energy as you could possibly want. A gallon of seawater would give you as much energy as 300 gallons of gasoline and there would be no downside. So the future's bright, we just gotta get there. Yeah, it's amazing. What will 2023 hold? Who knows? All right, CTV Science and Tech Specialist Dan Riskin, thank you. Happy holidays and all the best for the new year. You too. Thanks a lot. All right, to sports, the Toronto Raptors are back in action after some time off over Christmas, and a very familiar face will be in the lineup for the other team tonight. Kawhi Leonard is returning to Scotiabank Arena for just the second time since leading the Raps to an NBA championship in 2019. Leonard now plays for the Los Angeles Clippers, who've won three of their last four games. Toronto recently ended a six-game losing streak and have won two games in a row. Another Toronto resident is making us proud on Jeopardy. A lot is riding on Ray Lalonde's response to this clue. Did he know it was Charlotte's Web? Yes, he did. The local scenic artist is going for his ninth win tonight. 
Lalonde has now won more than $219,000 so far, and he secured a place in the next Tournament of Champions. Earlier this year, fellow Toronto resident Matteo Roach had the fifth longest streak in the show's history. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. Updating our top stories, a police officer has been critically injured in a shooting near Hagersville, Ontario. The OPP say officers were called to the Indian Road and Concession 14 Walpole area at around 2.40 this afternoon for reports of a stolen vehicle. When they arrived at the scene, they were shot at. Police are searching for a 25-year-old man in connection with the shooting. And CTV's Beth McDonnell has been following this story and joins us live now from Hagersville with the very latest. Beth. Nathan, I'm by a country road that police have blocked off. And in the last 30 minutes, there's been lots of activity. Various police cars whizzing by and officers meeting and talking. We also know that there were some vehicles in a farm field and a helicopter. As you mentioned, this situation, as far as we know, began around 2.40 this afternoon. Police say they were called about a vehicle in a ditch. And when police arrived, they were met with gunfire and an officer was shot. We've been told that this officer was seriously injured with life-threatening and is in life-threatening condition and was rushed to a local hospital. From here, it is, a search is underway and police have told us that they are searching for a man who they've identified as Randall McKenzie, 25 years of age and a woman. And we've also been told that people in the area have been asked to shelter in place, meaning they've been asked to stay in their homes and call police if there's anything suspicious. This is a dynamic and dangerous situation. Police believe the suspects to be armed and dangerous. Nathan. All right, thank you. A major cleanup effort is underway along the shores of Lake Erie after a weekend storm left many homes and vehicles completely frozen. Meanwhile, thousands of people remain without power across the province, with Hydro One saying more than 6,000 people remain in the dark. Baggage is piling up at Pearson as the airport struggles to deal with the holiday travel rush. The Greater Toronto Airport Authority says the baggage backlog is the result of flight delays and cancellations caused by a blast of wintry weather last week. Meanwhile, passengers have complained about a lack of communication with airlines about their baggage. Remember to follow us on social media and keep up to date day and night through our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. And if you have a news tip, photos or video of breaking news, let us know. Tonight, the icy aftermath of a holiday storm. The breathtaking brutality as the extended deep freeze leaves thousands without power. That's coming up later on CTV National News. Finally, tonight, we want to introduce you to a 10-year-old boy who's brewing up some big dreams the founder of a new gourmet coffee service in Montreal who's unlike any other barista you've ever met. CTV's Rob Lurie serves up the story. Some of the world's best-known brands may soon need to wake up and smell the coffee. There's a new kid in town, and he's a different brew. 
For starters, he's just 10 years old. I've always enjoyed making coffee for people, so he gave me the idea. Jack Steiner has long been fascinated with coffee. I think he just, you know, liked to see how the machine worked and like pushing the buttons, and it was just something different. He's not a typical kid. After Jack started making his parents' coffee, he got hooked. Anyone who'd walk in the door, he would say, can I make you a coffee, can I make you a coffee? They came over and I made them coffee, and everyone said it was good. Jack became obsessed, enjoying a decaf a few times a week and begging his parents to buy fancy syrups. Last year for Halloween, he asked me if he could be a Starbucks barista for Halloween. So I said, Jack, can't you just be Spider-Man? There's no, where do I get a Starbucks costume from? But this wasn't just for fun. Jack got the idea to take his show on the road. He started offering mobile barista services. He set up his own website, promoted himself on social media. I can bring homemade syrups or store-bought syrups. And he was soon taking bookings from family and friends. If they have a big party, it might be hard for them to make for everyone. So it was, I just thought it was like a good idea. Then organizations started calling. He's a young entrepreneur, a barista. We hired him for Federation's party tonight. The reviews have been outstanding, and Steiner Coffee is taking off, helped by Jack's Instagram and TikTok posts. Mm, nothing better. Jack is always looking at ways to improve the business. Two weeks ago, it was late at night, the two little kids were sleeping, and he came to my room and he said, Mom, we need a loyalty program. And I said, what, you need a loyalty program? Yeah, what do you think we should do? I need an idea, I want to print a card, I want to do something. Now we're moving up. Jack's drive even inspired his teacher. His grade four class is now doing projects where the students develop their own businesses. His teacher says Jack's success, even at 10 years old, comes as no surprise. Not only is he intelligent, but he's a kind person and he gets along with everybody. He's so helpful and he's a great addition to our class. But after all this coffee talk, I had to find out for myself. Smells good. The rumors are true. Jack makes a mean cup of joe. Mm. Rob Lurie, CTV News. All right, how about a loyalty program for this show? Sure. You watch, you know, 10 times in a row. Maybe You get a free show. (laughs) (laughs) So how are things looking tonight? You know, there's still an opportunity for some slippery roads in the overnight period, so I want people to be aware of that, and I'll show you sort of what we're looking at in terms of our temperature and that our satellite and radar. Still at minus 3 right now, feeling like minus 7. Going to minus 2 for the overnight, we're warming up. We do have a system bringing about 5 to 10 centimeters of snow to some areas to the north of us, so winter weather travel advisory, freezing possible here in the early morning. Five tomorrow, eight Thursday, ten on Friday, eight for New Year's Eve, and five for New Year's Day. Pretty great. All right, pretty good. Thanks, Michelle. Thank Be sure to join Joy Malbin tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Raheem Ladani with our next local newscast at 11.30. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Michelle Jobin and all of us at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a good night. Take care.